For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is probably one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, John 3.16, and the first Bible verse I memorized as a child. This tells of God the Father's amazing and sacrificial love to send his son to earth as a human. The birth of Jesus is one of the most significant singular events in human history. This Christmas we worship because the long-awaited Messiah has come to bring his salvation and be with us by his Spirit. And all who receive his salvation also know, as we have studied in Thessalonians, that he, Jesus, is coming again to establish his kingdom and restore all things like in the beginning. Today we will look at the book of Luke, so you could turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, and I've asked Pastor Joyce to read for us tonight, and we're going to start with Luke 1, verses 26 and 20 to 28. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Luke chapter 1 starts with the birth of John the Baptist and moves to the birth of Jesus. In verse 26, we see that Elizabeth was in her sixth month of pregnancy. This is part of God's plan of salvation for mankind. This prophecy is in Isaiah 40, 3 to 5. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so here is the miraculous fulfillment of God's promise. Elizabeth, who was barren, now has life in her womb. Elizabeth, along with her husband Zechariah, both at an age too old to bear children, are about to be the parents of John, whom we call the Baptist, chosen by God since before his birth chosen to prepare the way for the coming of Messiah by calling people to repentance and turning back to God. Here we also see in verse 26 that it is God who has sent this angel. And this angel is Gabriel, the one who stands in God's presence and is sent as a messenger of good news. Luke 1, 19. Gabriel announced to Zechariah the priest the miraculous birth of his son, John. And now Gabriel has come to announce the birth of one greater than John, another miraculous birth, foretold by God hundreds of years before. In verse 26, it says that Gabriel was sent to Nazareth, a city of Galilee, to deliver this message from God. In that day, Nazareth was considered an insignificant place a lowly and even despised place. Even Nathanael, before becoming a disciple of Jesus said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? John 1, 45. The Pharisees also said of Nazareth, no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. 
and used it as an excuse to reject Jesus. John 7, 52. But Nazareth was the place where Mary lived and the place where Jesus will also live and be raised. I have often felt that people made assumptions about me, some even looking at me differently, sometimes with pity, or see me as less than because I came from the Bronx or because of the places my parents were from. But Jesus identified himself with the lowly and called himself Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 22, 8. In fulfillment of the prophecy in, in Isaiah 53, 3, that says Jesus was despised and held in low esteem. This is in part because of the place he was raised and I suppose also because of his mother Mary and the talk about her being pregnant before she married Joseph. It goes to show that sometimes we make wrong assumptions about who or what God chooses because we don't know the truth about what is really happening. But here we see God chooses a lowly place and a young unmarried woman who in that day would have had no social status. He chooses them to be recipients of his grace and favor, his presence with them through his son. In verse 27, we also see that Mary is pledged to be married or engaged to Joseph. In that time, an engagement is a legally binding agreement, breakable only by divorce. And so God also chose Joseph to be Jesus's earthly and legal father so that by Jewish law, Jesus would be considered a rightful descendant of David. Again, another fulfillment of the prophetic word, the Messiah will be heir to David's throne. In 2 Samuel 7, 12 to 13, the prophet Samuel says to David, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And also speaking of Jesus the Messiah in Isaiah 9, 7, of the greatness of his kingdom and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is speaking of Jesus the Messiah who will reign forever. And so Gabriel who stands in God's presence has been sent to Mary. And in verse 28, we see that Gabriel greets Mary as one that is not just favored, but highly favored. Why is she highly favored? Because God is with her. Now Pastor Joyce will read for us verses 29 to 38. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. 
His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren and unable to conceive is in her sixth month. (laughs) For no word from God shall ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. It is understandable that Mary is troubled by Gabriel's words and this greeting. This greeting and birth announcement, as we said, was highly unusual for one without social status. This birth announcement, typically resembling Old Testament birth announcements and prophecies of Messiah, that the Jewish people and Mary would have been familiar with, In Isaiah 7.14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And now this angel Gabriel is telling her, a virgin, that she will conceive, give birth to a son, and call him Jesus. Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua, which means the Lord is salvation. And this Jesus, Yeshua, is the son of the most high God. This name referring to the only one and true God. So it is no wonder that the angel tells her not to be afraid. This is a typical response we see in scripture when humans experience divine visitations or manifestations. When Gabriel appeared to Daniel, Daniel wrote of this, I was frightened and fell on my face, Daniel 8, 17. So it is understandable for Mary to be shaken by this encounter and have questions about how this birth will be, since we all know how human babies are conceived. And so she says, how will this be since I am a virgin, the term meaning one who has not had sexual relationships with a man? And so Gabriel explains how this will be. The Most High will overshadow Mary. Overshadowing is used by the Jewish people to mean God's presence with his people. You see, Jesus is the Son of the Most High God. Jesus is holy, separated from birth to bring us salvation. And so Jesus is to be fully human, yet one conceived by the Holy Spirit, In this way, Jesus was able to live a sinless life and be the sacrifice for all our sins, giving his very life to save us from sin and death. And we see in verses 36 and 37 that the angel Gabriel also reminds Mary of the miracle God performed in her cousin Elizabeth, who is now pregnant, and that no word from God will ever fail. In effect, telling her, God, what God says he will do, for nothing is impossible 
for the Most High God. And so this miraculous birth will come to be by the Holy Spirit, the overshadowing presence of the Most High God. So how does Mary respond to all this? By saying, Behold, I am a servant. Total submission to God's word and promises. Or as Donna would say, total surrender. This reminds us of Hannah when she prays for a son, humbles herself before God and calls herself a servant. In contrast, Zechariah, who was a priest, responded with doubt to Gabriel's words and was left unable to speak. Yet Mary, a teenage girl, responds with faith. God uses the humble, an obscure servant to be his instrument, used by him. Only his servants, those willing to humble themselves and submit to his will, can participate with God's plan of salvation. Joyce, Pastor Joyce will continue to read verses 39 to 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zacharias's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And so after this encounter with the angel, Mary hurries to visit Elizabeth and Zachariah in their home in Judea. Nowadays, when a woman becomes pregnant, she takes a test and confirms with a doctor. But here, Elizabeth's greeting confirms the presence of her Lord in Mary's womb. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, recognizes God's favor over Mary, as well as her own blessed state that Mary, the mother of her Lord, should come to her. Even the baby in Elizabeth's womb, John, one filled with the Spirit, leaps for joy. And it says in verse 45, Mary is blessed because she has believed the Lord will fulfill his promises in her. This belief in the Lord is counted for righteousness, as we saw with Abraham in Genesis 15, 6. And Mary responds with a hymn of praise. This song, traditionally called the Magnifica, this song follows the form of Psalms of Thanksgiving, which begin by thanking God and proclaiming what God has done. And so let us hear Mary's response in praise. And Pastor Joyce will read Luke 1, 46 to 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So Mary's entire being is caught up in praise to God. Her soul and spirit magnify the Lord. One that was lowly is now exalted. One living in a lowly, obscure, and despised town is now blessed. Mary's willingness to humble herself as a servant to be used by God becomes an instrument for Messiah to enter the world as a baby. God's presence in her by the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about this, how because of Jesus of Nazareth, we too can be overshadowed by his Holy Spirit, which means God's presence with us. We have seen the way to prepare by repentance of sin and turning to God. And we have heard the ancient prophecies and seen their fulfillment in the life of Jesus. The birth of Jesus to bring his salvation to a fallen world is the most significant event in human history. He did not come in the way people expected a king to come, but the prophecy and the promises of God are there in the word if we are willing to see and believe. As we learned in Thessalonians, we can also trust those that speak of his second coming, for they will come to pass. And while we see Mary's example here, there is no greater example here than Jesus himself, willing to come as a human, give, us, give up his rights to become a baby. The Son of the Most High humbled himself to identify with humanity. In Philippians 2, 6-7 it says, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If we are to follow him, we must also be like him, humble servants, willing to empty ourselves to be used by God. We must be willing to humble ourselves to serve others, no matter the cost. Mary had to be willing to be scorned and rejected by her community and even her family. There was a possibility that the man she was to marry might leave her when he found out she was with child and that no man would ever think her good enough to marry. Yet she was willing to submit to God's plan, not knowing what effect this would have on her life. Today we hear so, many, so much talk about my body, my rights, I must defend myself, no one can tell me what to do with my body. And this is not just women, but men also, using their bodies for their own pleasure. Yet Mary is willing to give up her rights 
her womb for God's will to be done in her. Would you also be willing to take a lowly position, humble yourself, give up your rights with no appeal, to be a servant, the property of our master, treated and used as he wills? Humility is a characteristic of holiness. Pastor Randy taught last Sunday on the dangers of pride. God's spirit was removed from Saul because of his prideful disobedience. Yet in Jesus, we see the opposite. The Lord Most High humbled himself and came as a servant. This lesson is not just about the lowly in society, and it's not about the poor versus the rich, for even the poor can be proud and the rich can be humble and vice versa. But this is about being a humble servant for God, regardless of your social status. There is no status higher than that of the Most High, and the Most High God has come to be our Savior. Like Mary, we also need a Savior. We are in need of God's forgiveness and His favor. And like Mary, the Son of the Most High has promised to dwell with us, our bodies like Mary, to be temples of God's presence when we accept his birth, his new life in us by his Holy Spirit. This is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. This, there is another familiar Christmas story. When Mary went to Bethlehem and she was ready to give birth to the Son of the Most High, there was no room for him at the inn. Are you willing to be a servant and make room in your heart for more of Jesus, more of his presence with you? like Mary, his very life to be in you, so that we, like Mary, and bring forth life by the Spirit to our friends, our families, our husbands and wives, our children and grandchildren, our neighbors and co-workers, to strangers, and even to our enemies. But we must recognize that this is a work done only by God, His presence, His Holy Spirit in us but we must be willing to submit, empty ourselves so that his presence may fill us and make us more like Jesus. And so that we can have his character of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control in a world that is in so much need of his salvation. Let us pray. So Lord, we come before you, Lord, and we are humbled, Lord, to hear this story, how you, the Most High, were willing to leave heaven and come as a child to, to live and die and to show us the way of salvation, Lord. You are the way, Lord. And so we, we, we hear this story and we just humble to hear of your great love for us, Lord. And so may we respond like Mary, Lord, and just worship you, Lord, as by giving our lives to you completely, by offering our lives to you, which is our reasonable service to you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all you have done. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. 
God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.